Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. It is high noon here at Money Radio, KFNN, 1510 AM, 105.3 FM. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. We have Justin Kenny in the house. We have Nikki Ward in the house. We're going to talk stocks. We're going to talk ETS. We're going to talk mutual funds. We're going to talk a lot of... A lot of incredible things because the market has really been, it's been, even though we're seeing a sideways pattern, there's some things going on out there. We're seeing a, a, a rotation once again within the asset classes. I mean, you know, beginning of the year and really all year, we have seen value trades really kick in. And in fact, you know, the leading trade for the year is the energy sector. I mean, energy stocks are up 47% year to date followed by the financials, about 28% year-to-date, real estate, 25%, materials, 19 commercial services, 18 and industrials, about 17%. But uh, Justin, how are you doing this afternoon? I love my life. You love your life? I love my life. I got it pretty good. I think you do. I do. I know. You get to work with me every day. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Nick, our megalennial, she's in the house. Yeah. Feeling good, feeling great. Yep, good. And um, so let's talk about what happened, first of all, um, Yesterday, the markets uh, were were down. The Dow is down ninety three points, closed at thirty four thousand two ninety nine. The S and P five hundred down four at forty two fifty. The Nasdaq down uh, one hundred and one points at fourteen thousand seventy two. The Russell was also down about thirty four percent. In general, stocks were down, and we had seen a nice little rally. Speaking of that rotation, but before I get there, I'll talk about let's talk about last week. This is midweek now. It's Wednesday. You know, what I have saw over the last three weeks, I saw the Russell 2000 also start to rally. So last week, the Russell up 2%, led the way. The NASDAQ up 1.85. The Dow was down last week. The S&P was up about four-tenths of 1% at an all-time high. Um, strong sectors, real estate. As I mentioned earlier, real estate up 25% year-to-date was the strongest sector last week, followed by healthcare and consumer discretionaries. But there was some news out, <laughs> excuse me, uh, CPI, a little hot, consumer price index, 5% from last year, the highest yearly increase since August of 2008. Justin, we talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe, when the used car prices were up, one, yeah. I think, 10% in the month of April. Right, for and, one month. Uh, yeah, so now I'm seeing numbers that used car prices up 30%. Year to date, I bring this up to you because you are I'm expert the, well, in the used car market. <laughs> I'm, I'm the resident car guy, that's for sure. I think more so than anybody else in here. And 30%. That's a jump. The average car on the road in the United States is more than 12 years old. I know, I know. And uh, and I believe now the average used car is now worth in five digits like for the first time in quite a long time. It's just crazy, craziness going on there. Um you know, Monday, the markets were down slightly for the most part. The Dow was down 85. The Nasdaq was up a little bit. But what I was saying is we did we have started seeing somewhat of a rotation. And, and the CPI didn't seem to scare people off that much. The PPI also grew at its fastest clip in nearly 11 years. I mean, so the, the prices at the producer level, 6.6% growth over 12 months. That's the highest since November 2010. And we did see, however, retail sales down 1.3%. So I, I ask you this question to my panel. I ask these questions. Um, are the are we, as consumers, are we going to start pushing back? I've noticed 
price increases in restaurants. I've noticed price increases on takeout menus. I don't notice. I don't go to grocery store that often. I don't go shopping that often. And quite frankly, I, I really... If I'm buying something major, then I shop price. I'm not really shopping price for a twenty dollar item. I, you know, whether I get it for twenty one or nineteen, I don't care. But can, retail sales, Look at money bags over here. He just wants it there in two days or less. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but no retail sales. No, I'm. If I'm buying an item, that's a that you're, costs you're money. willing to pay a little bit for some convenience. You I don't want, want to go all over the town. I get it. But my point is, our consumers going to start pushing back. Say, you know what? I'm not going to pay this. I'm not going to pay this amount of money for whatever. I, I gave you the example. That uh, I was going to order online a, uh, I did, a cheeseburger, bacon cheeseburger <laughs> at So Five didn't Guys. change his decision making whatsoever. No. He no. was just shocked. He was just like, man, this is, this is more than I'm used to. A bacon cheeseburger. Click to order. <laughs> a bacon cheeseburger at, at uh, Five Guys was like $10.39, not inclusive of fries. I think a lot has to do with supply chains and just bottlenecks. You know, we're also the base effect. So we're comparing this to a year ago. What were we doing a year ago? It wasn't buying burgers at Five Guys. Online. Online. No, a lot of us were taking out. A lot of people were taking out. I was sorely disappointed in every single time I oh, did take out food. I know, I know but you still did it the, because the you pandemic, wanted to help and support. The pandemic has shown me which, which uh, restaurants I can count on for good carryout. Well... You know, a lot they of did they did but a lot did let you do, but there were still some that we still continued to patron them because they needed the help but um it was local business for me yeah, it was exactly. not five guys <laughs> well i let's keep let's I keep five, five guys, guys in business look hey i had a little bit of uh i've got you know, the funny feeling i had a little bit of the irish flu one day <laughs> and i you know nothing better than a greasy hey, 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 cheeseburger as a hundred percent irishman that doesn't offend me at all because i'm not a baby <laughs> The, um, now, the Fed, with regards to the PPI, they believe that the current PPI increase will prove to be transitory. Where's the fanfare? Oh, I'm okay. so tired of the If war. I hear that, I'm serious, and we have, um, there's a drinking game. We don't play drinking there. games in the office. We don't play it, but I tell you what, if we would have done it uh, yesterday, they said transitory in the first hour of trading well, since we got in the, we would the have office. been on the floor dead wasted because tra- i heard one guy Alcohol say trans- i heard one guy say transitory four times within 60 seconds yeah same sentence same, like have you never heard of a synonym right. right it's unbearable i can't i really seriously and i wouldn't have even noticed it or paid any attention to it if you guys hadn't told me and now every time it's said I, I it, drives saying, me, it drives me insane when they say transitory you yell in the office you somebody say shot <sighs> We're not doing it, folks, or else we'd be wasted. But uh, So anyway, I was looking at the uh, the FANG stocks, and money was flowing into those, and the FANG is the famous acronym uh, coined by Jim Cramer. Mm-hmm. And FANG's an acronym that's... Now, it's been, it's been kind of uh, altered a little bit, but F-A-A-N-G, we added Apple into that, but it used to be Facebook, Amazon, not Apple, but now it's Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. And for the first time in quite a long time... All of those stocks, except for one, is trading above 50-day moving average. Even Apple, which has really been, excuse me, a little bit of a struggle. But um, Amazon is in a 10-month rectangular basing trading pattern. And it's been basing between 3000 and 3500 Now, I'm a technical analyst, and we do a lot of technical work here in the office. And I will tell you, the old adage is, the longer, the stronger. Where have you heard that before, Justin? Oh, anyway... <clears throat> The the longer the basing pattern, the more defined the move is going to be. One way or the other, 
I tend to think that in this case, in Apple's case, that move is likely going to be to the upside. And so does J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan reiterates their buy on, on, on Amazon, and they believe that this, well, it's their firm's top pick, but they believe that Amazon will overtake Walmart as the U.S. largest retailer. Amazon had 24% market share, U.S. market share in uh, 2014, and in uh, 2020, at 39% market share. I'll tell you, I was absolutely shocked to hear that they weren't the, the leading retailer. And I, I, I mean, I'm and, completely taken, taken by well, surprise. Well, I think it's because they're talking about U.S. retailers, and so Amazon does a lot of other things, not just sell stuff. Right. So maybe that's the point. But Walmart's latest fiscal year revenues, $370 billion, that's net U.S. revenues, and when you equate that and do uh, apples to apples, Amazon's was $316 billion. But that being said, J.P. Morgan has a price target of $4,600 on Amazon. And, uh, you know, we had a stock that, that closed uh, yesterday at $3,383. So, you know, that's a 35% gain from here. And for those of you that um, only want to buy cheap stocks, 35% is 35%. And I know that a lot of the... New investors, they want volatility. Maybe that's not enough volatility for them. I mean, 35%, it's not AMC, 35% in a day. But hey, in a year, you can make 35%. That's according to JP Morgan on Amazon. I'll say it before. I've said, I'll say it again. Do not be deterred by how expensive or inexpensive a stock is. No, do it's not buy a stock because an incredible it's, you perceive it to be cheap. It's just, uh, it's crazy. So what you're saying is, is a large pizza is a large pizza, no matter how many No matter how many slices. Yep, exactly. And by the way, we have listener questions. You can send your questions to feedback at stockdr.com. By the way, that is our, our website is www.stockdr.com. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about alpha and beta, the differences between that, and relate that to our ETF. We have a, a thematic ETF portfolio we'd like to discuss with you because it's something that uh, if you're looking for alpha, maybe something you may want to put in your portfolio here in our money management division of uh, Silent Wealth Management. The number to reach our office, 888-855-2855. That's 888-855-2855. We appreciate everybody listening in. You're listening to The Stock Doctor's Prescription on KFNN Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. Are you losing sleep over recent market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? Let's face it. If you're at or near retirement, you can't afford to lose 40% of your nest egg like so many did in 2008. On one hand, you want safety and guarantee of principle. On the other hand, most people prefer the potential of higher growth by being linked to the market. Now you can have both. Principal protection during market downturns and desirable market-linked growth during upturns. When the market goes up, you go up with it and your gains are locked in. And when the market goes back down, you're guaranteed not to lose. It's that simple. If you like the idea of avoiding market risk but earning more than a CD, call Siler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002. We'll keep it simple. We'll teach you time-tested, proven strategies to help grow your income and keep your principles safe for retirement. To get started, call Siler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002 and listen to Money Radio Wednesdays at noon for the Stock Doctor's Prescription Show.
I'm Million Dollar Bill Keevan, and I wrote a book. It's a collection of 43 essays about how to learn the lessons in the stock market. It's called Drop Dead and Other Words of Wisdom. Now, my ex-wife gave me that advice, drop dead, and it meant something, and I don't think it was nice. What it means to an investor, though, is that you should absolutely have a drop dead price to sell before you enter into a trade, and that is good advice. Drop Dead, in other words, of wisdom is still available in print at Amazon.com and a variety of other booksellers online. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-628-6070. 800-628-6070. 800-628-6070. That's 800-628-6070. Everybody, Mark Asher, back to tell you about my friends at Valley Medical Weight Loss. I love this company. I've used them. I have friends that have used them. A ton of weight has been lost in a quick amount of time. And the right way, that's the important part. Look, they have three Valley locations, Tempe, Glendale, and Phoenix. So one is close to you, and they've been doing this for well over a decade. And right now, you can get your first week, thirty-one ninety-five, absolutely free. Just mention Money Radio or mention The Fanatic, and it is on them. 602-441-3305 or valleymedicalweightloss.com. Paydown presents terrifying jobs. Bull Rider, take two. Today we're talking with Clifford Maxwell, a rodeo bullfighter. His job? Distract raging bulls from going after thrown riders. Cliff, this seems like a really terrifying job. Why do you do it? I love protecting the bull riders when they get bucked off. How big are these bulls? 12 to 2,200 pounds of pure muscle. You're not cowed by any of this, obviously. Is there anything that scares you? Yeah. Distracted drivers terrify me. This message is brought to you by ADOT, the ABA, and this station. Being in control of your money provides freedom. Learn how to make it, spend it, and invest it. We're Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as a stock doctor. You got Justin and Nikki both in the house. Before the break, we were talking about Amazon. And uh, one of my rules, and I have uh, 30 rules for investing in the stock market, which I will be getting out to the listeners who would like them, is uh, you don't want to. This is one of the rules is you don't buy a stock strictly because of the price. And I know a lot of younger investors want to own the 2 the 3 the 10 the, the $15 stocks. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the penny stocks. Well, they want to do that too. And I, But again, you know, usually a $2 stock is $2 for a reason. And it's not normally a good one. Amazon... Is thirty three hundred dollars for a reason, and for plenty of them, for probably that many reasons. A lot of good reasons, and uh, you know, it's it's one of the premier companies in the world. So before the break, we also said we had uh, a listener question. So let's let's uh, go ahead and answer that question now before we get into alpha and beta. And the question is from Alice in Scottsdale. She says uh, she's heard us, and I'm going to paraphrase this. She's heard us discuss a lot about cybersecurity, which we have. 
and being in the stock market, cybersecurity, those, uh, those types of stocks, which stocks would I, meaning she's asking me, which stocks would I invest in? Uh, so first of all, Alice, you, you have a specific question about stocks within cybersecurity. We know what's going on in cybersecurity now. We know that this ransomware problem is probably not going away. In fact, it's, it's unless something happens, some, something, uh, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And we believe in cybersecurity, and we know what companies spent on cybersecurity five and ten years ago, which was a fraction of what they're spending today. I heard um, the CEO, um, Moynihan, from Bank of America said that the uh, the amount that they spent, well, it just multiples today what they did years ago. Yep. The global cybersecurity market is estimated to reach $418.3 billion by 2028. And think about this, folks. If you're thinking about what sectors you should be invested in within the marketplace, cybersecurity could be one of those sectors. And this is certainly, we know one that's going to be more revenue driven now, whether they bring profits to the table. So Alice, your question is a couple of things, the way you can handle it and owning a piece of cybersecurity. You can go out and buy individual stocks. Along with that, you get the individual stock volatility, which by the way, anything we say on the show, please do not uh, act on it without discussing it with your financial advisor or somebody you trust, or I'll give you a better the solution, best. a better solution, the best solution. You can call the office 888-855-2855. Why don't you write that number down? Because we're going to be talking about uh, a thematic portfolio that we manage for our clients. So 888-855-2855. So Alice, I'm going to give you a couple of stock ideas, and I've done some research on it. These are two that I like. I'm not telling you to buy them because they're going to be volatile, but I think they're the best in the group. And I ran screens for the best cybersecurity stocks in the industry. And to me, I think, um, and I'm not sure which one's number one or number two. I looked at them both, and I and I don't own these yet. I was going to buy them both today. They're both down a little bit on the day. I'm, I'm looking to see a pullback, but uh, I'm probably going to take a position in both of them. Not just pick one over the other. One's Palo Alto Net. Excuse me, Palo Alto. Alto I can't speak. Palo Alto Networks in Palo Alto, California, and the ticker symbol PN. P. I'm sorry, P A N W. Stock closed uh, yesterday at three sixty and change. Incredible company. It's uh, ranked in the tops in this group, and the second one is CrowdStrike. Ticker symbol C R W D. Closed yesterday at 228, so they are not cheap stocks. And by the way, valuations, they're not cheap either. They traded at high multiples. They are high growth, high multiple stocks. Uh, those are stocks that they really are doing a lot in this space. Now, another way that you can take advantage of it without having and taking single stock risk is buy an ETF. And I'll give you a couple of ETFs out there. There's uh, one by First Trust. These are actually ranked the two best. There's two out of three. And this one is the First Trust Cybersecurity ETF, ticker symbol CIBR. And there is another one. Well, there's a couple of the, well, I like the Global X Cybersecurity and that ticker symbol is BUG, bug. <laughs> there's also HACK, H-A-C-K. That's one of them. Those are actually the top three. So if you're looking to take advantage and participate in some of the cybersecurity space, that's probably the way to go. And again, I, if you give us a call at the office, I'll be able to discuss with you whether, A, you could accept single stock risk in a high volatile 
stock or you really need to have exposure within a sector and have a basket of those stocks. So let's talk about alpha and beta. And this is what we look at when we're managing our portfolios, which is, by the way, is what we do for a living. Uh, you know, alpha is basically excess return from an index. We like to create alpha. We want to try and do better than an index and or maybe do the same as the index, but take less risk. Risk is is huge. Now, beta is volatility. And when you see, sometimes you'll see a beta rating of 1.1 or 1.2 or 0.9. What you look at is the S&P 500 has a one volatility. So anything above one is a little bit more volatility than the S&P 500. Anything below one, a little bit less. So if you get a 0.9, if it's an XYZ stock is a 0.9, it's 10% less volatile. 1.1 is 10% more volatile. However, on alpha, it's not done that way. Alpha's actual basis point. So if you see uh, an alpha that's uh, 3.1, that's really 3.1% better than the index. So it's like 30, 310 basis points. So here's, here's how we create alpha within our portfolios. And I was looking at uh, some portfolios today, and the, the markets are up year-to-date, 13%. We have portfolios up more than that that are growth-oriented. And I talked to somebody today, and his portfolio is up 14.5%, but he's 80% in the market. So you have to look at it that way. If you can create alpha and create it, and also at the same time having less beta, that's a home run. That's a sweet spot. Well, that's exactly what everybody wants. Right. Everybody. And, and whether you can achieve it or not is, is the issue. Now, um, we achieve it by we do create alpha by using some of these etfs and let me just give you an idea that more than half of the reason stocks move up and there used to be a quantified number and i don't remember what that number was 80 percent i know but more than half so like 60 percent roughly ballpark it of the reason stock goes up is you're in the right industry group or subgroup and you've heard the term birds of a feather flock together you know the whole group is moving money's flowing into into gold money's flowing into financials money's flowing into healthcare. More than half the reason a stock goes up is because it's in the right sector. So if you're looking for alpha or outperformance in your portfolio, you got to consider looking at thematic investing. And we have a thematic ETF portfolio that we use. We do quite a bit in ETFs. And this is something that we do in our money management. I'm going to give you a couple reasons why we do it. Because, first of all, you can get some really nice gains. We had exposure to some very powerful, like 5G last year, mm -hmm. was up 60%. Incredible. We had huge returns in energy last year. We had we had our best returns in thematic ETFs, aside from little things like maybe a carnival or some things like that. Um, but what, what we do in this portfolio, first of all, it's fully transparent. So you know at all times what you own and what you hold in your portfolio. Um, we will dynamically rotate the holdings based on economic and or market and sector conditions. And this portfolio is under our fiduciary standard because we're fee-based asset managers. So the good, the good news is you can feel comfortable that we're doing what we believe is in your best interest because it's under the fiduciary standard. standard. We are not doing this for commission purposes. We uh, participate, we are on the same side of the table as you. So if our ETF portfolio does extremely well, we participate in that. So if you want to own 
a portfolio of some disruptive technology or disruptive services that is fully liquid at all times and can be invested within your retirement accounts, something like a thematic portfolio, could make sense, Justin. Of course it does. This is I, I want the word thematic to to replace the word transitory going forward. Yes. <laughs> I desperately need this, first of all. But with also complete transparency, you can see the moves that right. are being made within the you know, the portfolio. And this, this portfolio is not a third party managed. We don't we don't third it's not party it farmed out. Farmed out. So the fees are low. Um, we had there's low fees and low minimums and we use T D or Schwab. That's your options. We prefer T D but they're one company now, so. And you can give us a call and speak to any of the money managers, whereas, you know, when you're calling an institution, they're only as good as whoever picks up the phone. Yeah, exactly. So, call. And it won't be the same person every time. So, ever, ever, exactly. it'll never be the same person. So if you'd like to find Alpha in your portfolio, call the office, 888-855-2855. That's 888-855-2855. Again, this is a thematic portfolio, so we're using ETFs, it's low management fees within that portfolio, and we uh, we do have uh, lower minimums for this. So give us a call, 888-855-2855. You can email us, feedback at stockdr.com. You are listening to The Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler, The Stock Doctor. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Hey, everybody, we're back. You're listening to The Prescription. I'm the stock doctor, Lee Seiler. Justin Kenny's in the house. Our megalennial, Nikki Ward, is with us as well. And we've been talking ETFs. We've been talking uh, the managed portfolio of ETFs that we, that we work with under our umbrella, Seiler Wealth Management, and our fiduciary standard, and which is actually very, very important because fiduciary standard it, it means that it's like having a Hippocratic oath as a doctor. Right. We're I mean, legally obligated to do what's in our client's best interest. Yeah. And then we just have to make sure that owning a thematic or a themed portfolio is suitable for you. Right. And if suitable, how much of the portfolio can you actually invest? This is not something you put 100% of your portfolio in. That's not the way it works. No way. It's, it's like when you have a hub and spoke approach, these are the spokes. Um, we have another listener question. We're going to get to that question. Then I want to talk about Elon Musk briefly, and then we have a millennial moment. Um, but first of all, questions from David in Altamont Springs, Florida, which we are aired there as well. Uh, I own several annuities. This is a common question, by the way, so I wanted to use this one. Uh, so he has several annuities, but they don't seem to be participating in the past year's market rally. What should I do? There's a lot of questions there, and we work with a lot of uh, retired folks that have annuities, and annuities have their place in portfolios, especially if you're getting up there in age and you want uh, a guaranteed income for the rest of your life, or you want some kind of uh, guarantees that of, of against loss, sure, potentially. So I know probably, listening to what he's saying, he probably owns fixed annuities. Could be or fixed index annuities, which are not going to participate with the stock market. Well, well the good news is that... To a that, small degree. Yeah, I mean, the good news is that if if that is the case, I don't know, we haven't seen um, what David is talking about, 
But on on the flip side, if the market got absolutely hammered, he wouldn't have to worry about losing that that nest egg. Exactly. Either. So. Nick, you're gonna make comment. Yeah, I was gonna say that he could participate up to a cap rate, and unfortunately, you know, as annuities get older, that cap rate is lowered. Right. And then we do that too. We do annuity analysis for people. So if you have an annuity, saying, you know, I'm not quite sure, and you have a question like David, let us look at it and see because there may be things we can do. So David, if you were if you were in a variable annuity, the likelihood is you participated at least somewhat within the market. So maybe you said you had several annuities. Maybe, and again, this is all based on your risk tolerance based on your situation, based on your age, based on your investment experience, if you think you're suitable or we deem that you are suitable to have some variable exposure, we can do that. And you can actually do that very, you could do it with some nice bot downside protection. risk protection. Um, we know of an annuity that we use that really can guarantee 90% of what you put in over and, the next five years. Yeah, and it's only a five-year Deal. Right. So basically what they're saying is we're going to let you participate on the upside of the market. And at the end of the five years, if you're down, we'll get you 90 percent of your money back. That's the worst case scenario. And it's only happened one time in history. Yeah. So there are things we can do. So, David, my, I encourage you to call the office 888-855-2855. Put together your annuity statements. Let us take a look at them. Let us see, and, and we'll talk to you and see if they're suitable, or maybe you do need more growth. Who knows? Maybe you're paying for riders that you're not using. Well, that's, that's a great thing. point. Oftentimes, these things carry a lot of high fees, and so we'll do a fee analysis for you. It doesn't cost you anything. It right. doesn't cost you anything. I mean, David, there, there's a good possibility. Nikki made a point there. If you have an income rider, but you're not drawing income from these, you may be just paying a 1% rider per year, and, and either I've seen a lot of people will never use that income rider. In fact... 80% or 90% of those never get used. So that's something we do. So if you have anybody out there has annuities, would like us to do an annuity analysis, a fee analysis within those annuities, we could do that for you. 888-855-2855 or feedback at stockdr.com. Okay. But I want to get into, uh, I want to talk about Elon Musk Ugh. because <laughs> I'm, I'm really sick and tired of seeing him manipulate markets, which he does. Um, Bitcoin jumped, as Elon Musk said, and, and Justin, you said he absolutely said nothing, but no. says he would resume accepting Bitcoin when its clean energy usage to mine the coins reached reasonable levels. Well, I think that we need to sort of backstory a little bit because he's recently made comments otherwise because he's looked into the fact that it takes a lot of resources to mine cryptocurrency and i mean if you've seen you know one of these locations where they where they do this from there's a lot of cooling and a lot of things that are just not particularly environmentally friendly and he owns an electric car company well no nikki you did a story a few weeks ago that bitcoin uses as much energy as the country of argentina to mine bitcoin yeah and it's fossil fuels so it's the worst of the worst so I i'm just you know i know that uh Mr. Musk probably has a Venmo account set up at the SEC. I joke. It's got to be. But, you know, he's paying money out the you-know-what. It's just absurd that he sways the market in under 280 characters. Right. Right. It's crazy. Hey, you hear the music. You see the arm swaying. Well, maybe you don't see the arm swaying in here, but it is time for our millennial moment with our megalennial, Miss Nikki Ward. What do you got, Nick? Economic exploitation. So it is perfectly legal, but is it right? So a WFAA investigation explored how big banks don't lend to, but continue to make money off of people in Southern Dallas below I-30, which is a highway that divides 
northern Texas from southern Texas. And so below I-30, there are 59 bank branches, and above it, there are 474 bank branches. However, below it, there are 88 payday lender storefronts, which offer quick loans marketed, you know, as a way to pay rent, maybe an unforeseen car repair. That always seems to happen to me. And deep in the fine print are interest rates of up to 400%. Ouch. So a public... So, so these are the ones where you say uh, borrow against your paycheck that's coming? Right, yeah. You okay. can bring pay stubs. You can do balloon payments. There's several ways in which you can... But it's not a pawn shop. It, but they that counts. Oh, it does. Okay. Yes. So a public records review filed with the SEC revealed that almost 20 banks are funding or have recently funded predatory lenders. So some big names like Wells Fargo, Bank of America and others based in Texas. The biggest of names. Right. I mean, and just some of these are just downright disgusting. First Cash based in Fort Worth operates 2,770 pawn stores. Under Texas law, a pawn dealer can charge up to 240 percent interest on a loan. Ouch. Innova, which offers payday loans online, has annual loan rates of 409% to 664%. They're like the buy here, so, pay here lot of, of money. I mean, what really is, and it's it's what's sad here, is that the people that are going there, they need it the most. Right, and they target and exploit and they're jacking them on, uh, lower on the socioeconomic individuals. So is the government doing anything about this? Nope, nope. This is just, you know... One of the wonderful things I stumbled upon on the internet. that, and, and this is just Texas. And so in 2019, payday and auto title lenders charged Texans more than $2 billion in fees. Wow. That's disgusting. Billion with a B. With a B. In fees. Crazy. I am a Wells Fargo customer, and this makes me seriously reconsider if that is the bank that I want to go through. I well, know Chase doesn't do this, and so... Maybe let, I might take my business elsewhere. Unless they're a sponsor of the show. If they're a sponsor of the show, we love you hey, guys. But Wells, ooh, Wells has been in the in the media quite a bit about other things. Right. I mean, uh, they they've had, had, a, they've had, they've had a tough go a couple of years for the last couple of years, maybe getting some f- credit cards that people didn't ask for. Or, yeah. You know. It's just shady. It's perfectly legal, like I said. Yeah. But is it right? You know, there are 55 million people in the United States that are unbanked or underbanked. So the ones like the Amscots of the world, they're worse than the pawn shops? The Scamscots of the world, yes. Okay. Scam. I hope they're not a sponsor. <laughs> I really hope they're not a sponsor. <laughs> wow. Not good, though, huh? Predatory lending, no. Wow. And Wells Fargo and Bank of America. Mm-hmm. You know what? Rates are low. They got to beef up their portfolio yeah, somewhere. If you're wondering how they're making money in a low interest rate environment, here you go. Wow. That's a good story, Nick. That was our megalennial, this Nikki Ward. Okay. All right. I see you swinging there. All right. There you go. Oh, sway those arms. Oh, I do get this song stuck in my head. It's a great song. Uh, got to admit. Eh. I mean, not as good as Dude Looks Like a Lady, but. Of course not. You know. Karen picked out this song for me. She's no Aerosmith. No, she's not. I assure you. Oh, wow. So anyway. much better to look at than Aerosmith. My gosh. (laughs) The point. (laughs) So, you know, it's interesting because um, I I love the show, actually, Pawn Stars. Yeah, of course. Who who doesn't? I love the show Hardcore Pawn. That's the Detroit-based one. Yes, the Detroit one. I used to really enjoy that show. That's not even on anymore, is it? I don't think so. I don't think so. But, you know, most of that that network is dramatization. It's not. I know it is. And and I've been to to the... Gold and Silver Pond in Vegas. In Vegas, it's right. It's pretty neat. It, Wait, you mean TV's not real? It well, looks, first of all, it looks, it looks, the store 
looks way bigger on TV than it is in real life. I'm sure. And um, I never saw Chumley there, or Chumney. What is the name? Is Chumley? Chumley. Chumley. I think. Yeah. Never I saw. Him. I saw recently. Saw something about him. And he's thin. No. Uh, yeah. I know. I don't anyway, I love the show, and uh, I just uh, it's. I know that's how they make their it's money. It's a as filthy well. business. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's not a clean business. Put it that way. I mean, hey, we come back. We'll talk about one of those banks, Bank of America. They they love Exxon Mobil, and we will talk about uh, Lordstown Autos not doing too well. Their EV trucks. You're listening to Stock Doctor's Prescription. We'll be right back. Here is a quick list of things that you do not need in a financial advisor. One, they do not need to be in the tallest building in town. Two, they do not need to have a one-size-fits-all program. And three, they do not need to have a zombie apocalypse survival plan. Here are a few things that you do need in a financial advisor. One, a firm that takes their fiduciary responsibility to heart. Your success is their success. Two, custom-built portfolios, not cookie-cutter. And three, the ability to use stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and exchange-traded funds to make the right combination of security and investments for each client. Let the stock doctor and his team give you a free portfolio checkup. Call at 1-888-855-2855. That's 1-888-855-2855. Free financial review, no obligation for all clients, except for zombies. Zombies are on their own. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-628-6070. That's 800-628-6070. I'm a million dollar Bill Keevan and I wrote a book. It's a collection of 43 essays about how to learn the lessons in the stock market. It's called Drop Dead and Other Words of Wisdom. Now my ex-wife gave me that advice, drop dead, and it meant something and I don't think it was nice. What it means to an investor though is that you should absolutely have a drop dead price to sell before you enter into a trade and that is good advice. Drop Dead, in other words, of wisdom is still available in print at Amazon.com and a variety of other booksellers online. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to The Prescription on Money Radio 1510 AM 105.3 FM. That's KFNN. Great Great station in the uh, Phoenix Scottsdale area. You're listening to the Stock Doctor Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler. We have Nikki Ward in the house, Justin Kenny, and uh, before the break, we said we would talk about Lordstown Motors. Uh, ticker symbol R I D E. Now, over I, the last, I year, do love a good ticker. I, I think they need to drop the E though. <laughs> Just get rid of it. It will at some point. Um, they are an. First of all, it was an electronic vehicle spack. 
That's how it started. Special purpose acquisition company. And um, stock's been hammered over the past week, down over tw- about 20%. As both the CEO, Steve Burns, and the CFO, Julio Rodriguez, resigned. Uh, this was following reports that a committee of the board of directors found that some disclosures regarding pre-orders of their EV truck were not accurate. So the company, uh, and by the way, the company is broke. So the question is, we don't know why Mr. Burns, now you said Mr. Burns had quite a bit of shares. Yeah, so he has nearly 27% of a stake in Lordstown. So dumping it would really create more selling pressure in the market. So I don't think that this is the last shoe to drop when it comes to Lordstown. And uh, apparently the company is saying that they are very financially strapped. And if they don't get some financing, this inaccuracy, really not going to be applicable. So just to run this down a little bit. Okay. They said, hey, um, we're thinking about starting a company that makes electronic, makes electric vehicles. And people said, here's our money. Do what you would. And then nothing really. And then they lied and said that they had X amount of pre-orders. And really, it's like some influencers who are interested in driving the car around and putting it online. Right. Yeah, right. But if, if the actual press release was like, we got 42, 14, quite a bajillion orders for electric vehicles and a bunch of people lined up to give them a blank check. You're surprised when that well, but here's the thing: does this, does this put um, send some kind of weird light above these SPACs? I mean, the. You, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of them anyway, and I know a lot of people like them, and, and it's just, to me, the regulation is not there where they're going public. There's also just a lack of transparency. I agree. And that's a problem. Without a doubt. And, you know, you go in there, uh, you mentioned the term blind check. That's exactly what it that's is. That's all it is. That is all it is. Special purpose acquisition. Uh, this It's just, hey, give us your money, and, and believe me, your money's better off with us than it would have been with you anyway. We know what we're doing, probably. We're going to start a company. How many people want one of these electric vehicles? Well, at the beginning of the year, the stock was trading uh, over 30, and here we are sitting at uh, 1031, so it's down about 60%. Oh, I'll tell you, months. when the CFO and the CEO both walk around the same time, yeah, not a good sign. something filthy is going on in there, and... They decided to get out. Not a good so sign. Maybe people should too. Bank of America, when they're not spending time investing in pawn shops and loan sharking, they uh, they really like, by the way, ExxonMobil, XOM, and uh, they believe the stock can jump forty five percent from current levels. Um, activism activism firm Engine One gained three board seats, and the shareholders voted on a shakeup of the company, which it seems that their focus is the dividend, and we just saw. Something yesterday come across that they look by the end of the year, ExxonMobil will increase their dividend. This is raised, right? This is a dividend that is right now around five point four percent. And um, Bank of America thinks this whole this whole. I mean, first of all, they like the industry group, but the current yield of five point five percent already a fifty three percent year to date. They think it has another forty five percent to run. It's the eighth highest in the S P five hundred as far as dividend yield. As far as dividend yield. And they've paid a cash dividend annually since 1882 and raised its payout for 37 consecutive years. So even through the Depression, they were paying their dividend. Cash cow. Man. Well, we bought the stock for clients, and I'll disclose. We bought it, and I I made notes, and I looked at it. I did some research. We did buy it on January 19th of this year. Five, six months ago. January 19th this year, we bought it. And the reason we bought it is, first of all, we wanted to own some energy, for clients that could assume single stock risk in an individual stock. 
I, I chose that one over Chevron because the yield. I said, okay, I think a, at the time we bought it, it was $48.90. The yield was 7%. So I know. I know. Our clients are getting a 7% dividend on top of the stock is up 29% Wonderful from the time we bought growth. it. Right. Great market growth. I love talking to those clients. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? It's, um, it's not a Robin Hood pick, but it's a nice, steady stock to own your portfolio. And um, I'm not saying to go out and buy it today again. Please make sure that you understand that there's risk along with owning individual stocks. The chart looks fantastic on ExxonMobil. Um, would I buy it right now? Probably not. I'd like to buy a pullback because I don't want to buy these rallies like this because at some point you may have a little bit of a, just a just consolidation and the stock is a li- slightly extended, not much extended, but that dividend does give you some sort of protection. Sure. If you're getting cash flowed, you know, every, every quarter by X amount of money and it drops a little bit, you're not really stressed about it that much. No, return comes from two things, cash flow and appreciation. It gives a a great total return play. This is a a perfect type of total return play if that's what you're looking for in the portfolio. Um, So I wanted to, you know, we, we hear a lot that's going on with, there's a lot of jobs out there, not enough workers. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of states, they've, they believe that part of the problem is that the extra federal unemployment check that they're getting. So I know like our governor in the state of Florida is saying that, hey, we want to at least make them start uh, telling us where they're looking for work and do the the, the paperwork that's necessary for that. That's a, the, the federal is going to go away in Florida at some point soon and many other states. But Justin, you were checking out. there was a Yeah, I was looking specifically at the states who are set to expire or are basically saying that they're not going to be honoring the federal government's um, unemployment. Right, you the know, $300 extra. Exactly, $300 a week. So um, here we are in, in June, and it looks as though Indiana, Alaska, Iowa, Missouri, Mississippi, and several others apparently are looking to drop. They're, they're not going to be paying out the additional 300 because they're trying to fill jobs. They People are, are choosing not to work because they're getting their normal you know, unemployment check plus this this additional amount. I mean, the, I guess the one question you have to ask is, first of all, they're going to be hurting some people. Right. I mean, a single mom out there is going to be brutalized by this. Who uh, can't be, find child care. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I've talked to some restaurant owners in the area, and they both specifically pointed to this. They have, they need cooks, they need busboys, they need bartenders and servers, and they can't get them, and they blame it because the government's saying the extra 300. I don't know if that's the reason, but I believe probably for the cook help, a bartender can make a lot more money than that. Yeah. A well, good bartender, no, good I server. I doubt there's a shortage of bartenders or, you know. No, so I was actually listening to something this morning, and in California, a restaurant owner went to go buy a help wanted sign, and they are out of help wanted signs. But he was specifically looking for bartenders. Okay, well... I mean, but I was like, I, I didn't even think about a help wanted sign being sold thing. out. Yeah, I'm mostly hearing of the non um, tipped tip, out wages. Tipped out, yeah, they, they really haven't tried because if you're making whatever twelve, fifteen dollars as a cook, you can you do know, that sitting at home. And you the know. truth is, the truth is that if you have worked in the back of a restaurant on busy, you know, nights, busy times. Brutal. That is rough work. It's hard. And if you, I would take a pay cut to not have to do that job. I don't think there's one single reason. I think there's a multitude of factors. Sure. And this certainly plays into it. 
Well, and now that school's out, mm-hmm. I know school was a was a factor. Yeah. Because there's some states that still were homeschooling. And you also have to think, or I mean, via internet, whatever, computer school, whatever they call it. <laughs> computer school. You also have to think, too, the for kids under 12, if, say you're a cook and you are worried about catching COVID, bringing it home to your kid, your kid's under 12, so they're not vaccinated. There are other reasons why people aren't willing to take the risk to go back to work. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, when the Fed does, or when they, the states cut that Fed funding, We'll see if that uh, resolves the problem. Well, I know that that you know there are a few law firms right now lining up to sue the state of Indiana over their they're dropping the the federal. Does benefit. that surprise you? No, not at all. Forward this country people. litigious? No. Or the people. <laughs> Size matters. Well, you shouldn't say that. I would. Yeah. It's it's Morgan and Morgan. I know that. You just did an old slogan. I, I said, forward the people. Well, there are billboards everywhere it. that say what I said. Uh, my daughter's calling me. You know, people, do they not know that we do a radio show at this time of day? I guess not. Wow. Um, uh, anyway, Your daughter should be our number one fan. I, I I'm a little imagine, upset. I would right imagine now. she's she trying listen. to set up a lunch date with dad. There's nothing wrong with it. No, no. I know what she's calling you about. But anyway, she... Um, she wants to use your Amazon? N- no. <laughs> she already did not ask for that. Uh, hey, you're listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. And by the way, if you're interested in that thematic ETF portfolio, I want you to call the office. Let's just talk about it and make sure it makes sense for you. If you want the annuity review and analysis and fee analysis on your annuities, give us a call, 888-855-2855. That's 888-855-2855. No obligation. Let's just talk about it and see if it makes sense for you. Also, if you'd like a copy of the Stock Doctor's 30 Rules of Investing, you know where to find it. Feedback at stockdr.com. We'll send it out to you. That's feedback at stockdr.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back actually tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.